Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. Get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community. of Riding on the Wall podcast. Today in the building, we have a special returning guest. Everybody make some noise for Ishmael LaPaz. How you doing, Ishmael? Pretty good. Thanks and, for having me back, guys. And of course, we have Blue in the building. How you doing, Blue? We're doing good. Doing good. How about you? Awesome. Doing great. Doing great. So last time, since we had our uh, Ishmael on the show, we recently watched that uh Netflix documentary uh, Gabriel Fernandez uh, and it got a lot of questions stirring up to me after watching that uh, documentary it felt like the system failed them because um they they like especially the teacher she didn't know what to do and and and, and she could have prevented that did you did you watch that um Netflix episode at all so um I I did watch a few minutes less than 10 minutes probably um yeah. only because I mean you know that's something I do every day so I'm not going to watch something <laughs> i do i mean it's like a like a police officer i mean they're not gonna work all day come home and watch cops you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I i did see a few minutes of it um but no yeah I, I mean for the most part um i mean the the system and how is how it's set up in each state is to, is totally different so i think that's that's one bad thing mm-hmm. you know so um i mean for the most part the system is set up to help the kid as much as possible so that doesn't happen you know what i mean but yeah that's just how it happens sometimes so let's say a teacher um, if she were to see that that teacher what should she should have done in that situation whenever she saw a student um getting marks look like he was being abused that whole time what would have been the right steps to take so, so she's seen him being abused or I she just, I, I don't remember he was it. coming to school with marks all over him right and and he even told her he he even told the teacher, "Can you?" Because she called social services one time in the in the movie, and uh, he told her, "Can you call that lady again?" And then another time, he told her, "Don't call that lady." I think he said, "Don't call that lady no more," because the the, the parents were abusing him. You know? Oh, so, so he was getting in trouble after she yeah. she made the call. Yeah, I got you. No, yeah, I mean, um, what it sounds like is um, definitely, I mean, um, a teacher being in her position right there at that point. I mean, she asked to, you know, make a report. I mean, that's her piece, and that's. That's what she has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, here in New Mexico, we have uh, we we have a uh, mandated reporters, what we call it. Yeah. Um, so we have manda- mandated mandated uh, professionals that have to make a, a child abuse report if they do come across it, or if they do, you know, sus- suspect child abuse is going on, okay. or, child, or child neglect. Okay. So I mean, um, for example, like um, I know not to, not too many people know how to make a make a report um especially i mean um you know here in new mexico each state is different how you make a report um yeah you know most of it is similar um because you you know you'll call a a a main number a main hotline number um so in new mexico to make a child abuse or child neglect report um you can dial pound safe from Uh your cell phone so that is um pound safe pound seven two three three Okay. Um, you know, so you'll get your you'll you'll get your um your um 
your um, automated message that you want to make a report and that you know once you reach through get through to somebody on that line that's when you know they'll take all your information regarding the report that you do have yeah um <clears throat> some some people might be be wondering why we're taking this podcast into the direction that we're taking it but um for those of you who didn't hear the uh, first time that we had um Ishmael Lapaz on this podcast uh he talked we talked about what he did for a living and he's uh he works for child protective services and so being that he worked there um we had or I actually had a friend he um heard that episode and he asked me you know hey if I if I need to report anything um how do I get a hold of this guy how do I file a report where do um who do I talk to and so I contacted um Ish again and I was like, hey, what do we do? Or would you just rather, you know, make a make another podcast episode and we can talk about um, what you do for a living, uh, maybe a little bit of how you do it and a little bit of those. Um, little, maybe you can put out a little bit of that information that could possibly save a child's life. So, you know, that's you know the main reason that we called Ish back onto this episode, um, back onto this podcast. And so before we uh, continue, I just wanted to make that clear that, you know, Ish does work for Child Protective Services. And um, could you tell us about your um, your job title or what it is that you're responsible for at work? Uh, So I'm right now an investigator with um, uh, Child Protective Services, uh, Children, Youth, and Families Department or CYFD. Um, You know, so I'm, I'm an investigator that goes out and investigates cases. Okay. And how long, uh, when did you get the job again? Um, so I've been with the department, let's see, for over two years. Oh, dang, time flies. Um, yeah, it definitely does time fly. Um, but um, I, I just recently been uh, transitioned into this new position. And what's this new position titled? Uh, investigator. Oh, investigator. Right. What yeah. did you start as when you first got there? Uh, I was a caseworker for the family. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, when you know when a child would um, fall into um, CYFD custody, you know I was the the caseworker that would help. Um, you know, work work with the family, work with the child, work with the foster parents. You know, all of those three factors. Okay, and this new position that you got is it a promotion or is it just kind of like a lateral transition or? Uh, I like to see it as a promotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's a it's a definitely a. a a different area that I'm more related related to. I mean, just because my uh, my background, I come from a criminal justice criminology background. So, um, you know, being a caseworker, that's more of a social worker. Um, so, even though I don't like to consider myself a social worker, I mean, I pretty much am a social worker. Yeah. Um, so, working with the investigator piece, you know, it's more black and white, which, I- is, which is more relatable to me. I mean, right. Um, working in the caseworker, I mean, I before working here, I was not sure. Your gray person, I had very little gray. I was just, you know, black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, so working working here has definitely helped me, um, you know, focus more as the individual working on these gray traits. Yeah, that that, that I like to see it as. Um, so yeah. Okay, um, I I kind of cut away from you, Chris. Oh um, no, sorry. You were you were kind of getting into uh, what the what the teacher should have done. Yeah. In, in that situation, and um, one more time, can you can you put that? That number, that phone number out, just in case you know anybody out there is in that position that can um, make make a report. What was that number one more time? 
So um, we actually have two numbers. Um, both both numbers will get you to the same um, destination. Um, the first one that I had said was pound safe, which is pound seven two three three, or we have a a longer one eight hundred number, which is one eight five five three 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 seven two three three. So um, you know this is for anybody making reports um, of possible child abuse or child neglect. Um, and and, the, the and that's is that easy? You just push pound, and then you just yeah. It, it's very easy. I mean, you could have a pound safe from your cell phone. Um, you know, once you get through to the operator, um, and you actually actually speak with the person, you know, they'll ask you all that all that information in terms of the report that you are mm -hmm. making. Um, and then the, the good thing about it too is um, these two numbers. Um, it's pretty much for the entire state. It's it, it is for the entire state. So. Um, if somebody make is making a report here in Las Cruces, um, you know, they would call this number. If somebody's making a report in Albuquerque, uh, you know, back home in Mescalero, um, Hobbs, anywhere, all they have to do is dial this number. Um, and the they don't have to worry about um, calling a specific number for that county. So, so that's all taken care of. Is this number nation is this number nationwide um, also? Yep, yep. Um for example, um, you know, we, we do work with other states at times, um, other states, law enforcement, other states, uh, child protective services, um, you know, so if for whatever reason they, that entity or that person needed to make a report and say they're in Arizona or Texas or even, you know, Florida, California, all they have to do is call this, um, this number and, uh, you know, it'll be assigned to the, to the correct spot. Nice. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a crazy thing to me that we don't all just know this information. This seems like something that every parent should know. This would be a number that maybe comes standard in every cell phone when you buy it. It should be on everyone's refrigerator, but including me, I'm guilty. I didn't know the pound right. safe and the 1-800 number. And I think um, sometimes we, like, say, like, for people like, like us three here, we all grew up on the reservation. Um, we've seen some harsh environments growing up. And we kind of might be used to what's going on with that, but we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be yeah. used to seeing people grow up in harsh conditions. We should automatically be reaching for that phone if we see uh, any any child in, in danger, you know. Right. And, and now now that I, now that I get to talk to you and have you on the podcast, um, I'll definitely be reaching for that phone. You know, if I if I see anything that just looks sketch, um, what would you? What kind of advice would you give anybody that's on the fence about calling? So definitely, um, I, I would have to say, I mean, don't don't feel nervous. Don't be scared to make a report. Um, I mean, what what it comes down to is the safety of our children. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in, in New Mexico, um, I mean, it doesn't matter if this kid is your, your nephew, your brother, your sister, your your friend's friend, your your brother's sister's friend, um, some kid you just seen at school while dropping off, you know, your kids. I mean. Um, definitely. I mean, what it comes down to is, is the overall um, welfare of the children. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you're saying, too, I can agree about it um, because before working here, I didn't know about this number. Um, I always think to myself, how many times have I seen this number broadcasted? How many times have I c come across this number? And I or yeah, this phone number and I couldn't think of it. Um, I mean, it's kind of not the same as, you know, everybody knows. 911. Mm -hmm. um, this one, it's a little bit different because it's not so, um, you know, it's not so um, something that's that's talked about when we're brought up. So yeah, 
for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ish, I know your job is real confidential, but generally speaking, what would you say, like, if, if as an investigator, what would be something where you would say, you know what, this child is not safe. I need to take him with me now. I need to get him away from the parents or from whoever now. So definitely, I mean, there's all kinds of aspects that go into uh, reports that come in. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we definitely um, try to try to keep the child safe at times. Um, sometimes there's drugs involved. Sometimes there's, uh, um, you know, even alcohol, dirty homes and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it just comes down to the safety of the kid. Yeah, because in the in the in the documentary, the Netflix special, there was all kinds of signs, right. and they keep they kept giving the kid back to the right to the parents. You know, yeah, I feel I feel kind of bad because I I don't really know too much of mm-hmm. what's in the documentary. Yeah, um, like I said, I mean, I probably probably just seen you know. The, the first several minutes of maybe the first episode um so i kind of kind of no no there's no there's no judgment um, here man i mean yeah, yeah but i mean for the most part um i mean um not that many people know about this reporting number yeah you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like um we're trying to figure out um you know how we can we can share this information i mean so i know you know information is shared in terms of making reports on flyers, brochures, you know, yeah. even even uh, on the inter- internet sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of it just comes down to, um, you know, just making that report. Um, but the but the bridge we're trying to gap is how, is letting people know how to make that report. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, I, um, not everyone knows how to make a report, so they obviously won't make a report mm-hmm. or won't even, you know, try to. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll think about it, but they, you know what I mean. So it just depends on a lot of, on a lot of things. So, well, what you were saying earlier is that you kind of feel bad a little bit about not watching the documentary, but um, really you, you shouldn't, you know, because you're you're the hero out there wearing the cape, trying to take care of children, and um, you're you're the one that's here on this podcast putting out this information and stuff. So, you know, like we just we're very appreciative that you can come on and you can you can do this with us and put this kind of information out there because. Um, I, I tell everyone all the time, uh, we need to take care of our children. We need we need to do a better, better job taking care of our children. We all think that we know what's best. And sometimes what you think is best is not. And sometimes um, a lot of us parents are making bad decisions and putting, putting our children kind of in unsafe environments, um, which kind of leads me into another um, area that I wanted to ask you about. When is it, uh, how do I put this, when would you say like emotional abuse is along the lines of filing a report? Like what qualifies for, um, is that, is that actually something or does it have to involve physical abuse? So that, that is something, I mean, you know, taking, taking custody of a kid does depend on whatever is going on. Um, I mean, for the most part, um, I mean, it, it just, it's that investigator piece that we have to figure out. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors, but of course there's, you know, same thing with like, a, like you know, police officers, law enforcement, um, you know, they have their criteria on what gives them, you know, the say-so of, of if they can arrest someone or if they can arrest someone, you know, they have that guideline. Um, you know, we have that guideline, of course, too, as well. So, so you guys, you guys do um, break it down into certain categories and emotional abuse is real. And right. it's it's something that can qualify for um, reaching for that phone, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, I mean, the 
even though I mean e each report is you know different in its own way I mean we have our uh, we have our um, you know our tools that we use in order to get to those decisions so mm -hmm. a lot of it just depends on the report um, each case is different you know it's a case by case specific yeah I think um, people kind of get that uh, misconception or that perception that um, it has to be like a physical abuse or a child has to grow up in, in a dirty home and stuff like that so I was just curious about that and, and what you could what you could share about, you know, that emotional damage that parents can cause to, to their children and things like that. Uh -huh. um, so uh, along let's let's try to stay organized here and break it down a little bit uh, when it comes to reporting. And we're still stuck on reporting. Right. Um, what categories are you looking for that you could break down in terms of? what qualifies for reporting. Um, so I just talked about emotional abuse or emotional damage. Um, of course, there's physical abuse, um, unstable living conditions. That's got to be one, right? right. Um, what qualifies? Like if, if somebody's unsure about reaching for that phone, um, what um, would you would you uh, recommend that you look out for? Or what do you what do you think would qualify for that, that phone call? So for the most part, I mean... Um Definitely, my advice would be when making reports, um, you know, give as much information as you can of uh, what information that you do know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, if you ha if you suspect or you have suspicion that a child is being abused or neglected, um, you know, definitely make that phone call. If you don't know if the child is being abused or neglected, still make that phone call. Mm -hmm. um, only because, for the most part, um, you know, there's a process on how how um, you know we go out and investigate cases so i mean it, I, I like to think of it as i mean even if you don't know you still make the report right um it's kind of like the same thing when you, you know when you call law enforcement you don't know if you know say you see a fight going on and you don't know if the if one if the guy's gonna or if the guy or girl is gonna be arrested i mean you don't know you pretty much leave that to a law enforcement officer i mean still make that phone call because if you, if you don't make that phone call i mean you're not going to get to that step of law enforcement being in that position, you know, mm -hmm. kind of vice versa. So um, definitely never feel, feel, you know, scared, worried, um, uh, nervous about making a, 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 it's what we call a sky report. Can uh, people be anonymous when they make a report just yep. in case? Yeah. Yep. Yep. People can, um, you know, they can give the information about the incident, um, specifics of which town they're in, you know, yeah. and go into more depth about the report and they can, um, they do have the option of reporting anonymously. So, is there like a checklist or something you got to go through to as you ask each questions to see um, if the kid is safe or not, or how does that go? Yeah, um, we definitely have a lot of tools that we use. Um, it's kind of hard to say each tool that we do have because you know we have our we have um, you know so many tools. Just depending on the case, sometimes we use some tools that we won't use in, in another case um a lot of it is in, in investigating a report a lot of it is just you know step-by-step -step basis yeah um you know you can't you can't get to the big picture without you know giving a few steps in between yeah um, so there's a lot of you know practices that we do use um you know written down and then we also have a lot of um you know skills that we we have to we have to uh, work on as as an individual you know what i mean i mean um you know for example i mean we just got to keep our eyes open at all times yeah so basically um if it 
if you feel unsure if a, if a child's being mistreated, just try, you recommend just people just make that call anyway. Right. I, yeah. I, okay. I, I totally. Um, that would be my advice. I mean, if if you're if you're curious, I mean, not if you're curious, but if you're uh, if you don't know if a kid is being sus- um, having suspected uh, um, child abuse or neglect, I mean, you know, just make that call. And I mean, the best thing you can do is you can make that call and. If nothing happens, then nothing happens. But if you did, I mean, you know, we're right there. You know, yeah. so it, it's better to make that call versus not making that call. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's it's kind of it's kind of crazy to me whenever I start thinking about like when I start really getting um, deep deep into the weeds because you get to where are you where are we crossing the line to where we have to involve the government with raising our children? You know, that's right. that's another evil um spectrum of what we're talking about right here because um there's a lot of people out there who would definitely like to make that claim like the gov- the government has no say in how i raise my children i know what's best for my children why you know th- there's right. there's people like that out there and it's i almost kind of like want to agree with that but at the same time i don't think that everybody is um fully capable of making that decision for themselves yeah it's tough because i mean you know everybody has their views um how they how they perceive the world and how they you know want to raise their children um so there's definitely nothing we can do about that um so i think just having that first piece of you know the person making the report or making the the phone call um and then we'll go from there Mm -hmm. um we have we have um we have mandated reporters is what we call it here in new mexico um, and these mandated reporters, they have to make a call each time they, if they suspect a child is being abused or neglected. So for example, um, mandated reporters, they include, um, like, let's see, like licensed physicians, um, interns, law enforcement officers, um, judges, nurses, school teachers, school officials, um, social workers, you know, at the school or anything like that, um, all those entities are all mandated reporters. Yeah. So, and what about doctors? Yeah. Doc- yep. Yeah. yeah. Doctor, medical professionals. You know. And, you know stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, and you know they make that report. Then we take over from there, and that's that's it. So basically, whatever you feel, if it kind of feels wrong, you got that feeling. Keep we keep going back to that. It's just just make the call. Yep. So, Let's just be safe. And I don't, I don't think I mentioned this before. So. When any, when somebody makes a call, um, the the uh, it's it's called the Sky Report S C I Sky Report. You make a Sky call, and S C I that stands for Statewide Central Intake. So you know that's that's our 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 office of you know um, operators that answer phone calls twenty four seven. This hotline I didn't mention also this hotline this number is ready to go twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, 365. Um, mm-hmm. So when somebody makes a report, there's that possibility possibility of, of a report not being screened in. Yeah. So if, it, if, it, if you're not sure, you say, hey, um, you know, I see a kid across the street. Um, I don't know. I don't know his name. Um, I've seen this. I've seen this happen. Um, and then you let you give that information. And then the person you're talking to, the sky worker, they decide if... Um, the report will be accepted or not mm-hmm. so that it never hurts to to make a report um if you if you're 
if you don't know what's going to happen or if you're scared, nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're scared of it's going to, if something's going to, if um, we know we're going to end up investigating it or not. So there's a process to that. I think uh, uh, one of the problems that we have is that a lot of people are afraid to make that call. You know, they're, they're just don't want to get involved. They don't want to put themselves in that position. They don't want to, you know, just stick their nose where it doesn't belong. Right. And I kind of feel like that that is a huge hurdle for a lot of us to get over. Um, but, you know, hopefully after this podcast and after we talk about this issue a little bit more, we can try to just create a little bit more awareness about the issue. And um, hopefully we can instill enough courage into somebody that they would make that phone call. Uh, and even if that phone call turned up to be the child was okay, and at, at least, you know, we're trying out there and right. we're, we're taking a step into the right direction. That's the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Um, I'm not qualified to make any anything, any assumptions. And I'm not qualified to make any calls here. But it just kind of seems more of kind of like a common sense type deal. Like just trust your feeling, trust your gut. And whenever you feel like the need arises, you know, reach, make that call. Right. I, I mean, for the most part, too, I, I do get what you're saying about how some people are nervous because they, they don't want to get involved. They don't want to make a call because they they don't want to, you know, stick their nose, like how you said. Um, I mean, but it's the same thing like where, um, say, you have a neighbor um, that you that you see um, frequently throughout the week. Um, then out of nowhere, you don't see this neighbor for two weeks. Uh, are, are you going to call the police mm. to, to go check on the neighbor? Uh, make sure that the your neighbor is doing okay. Um, even though if you you know how much you know that neighbor, I mean, you're still going to be worried. So I mean, it doesn't hurt to make that phone call to get that process started. Yeah, vice versa yeah, with yeah. us. Well, um, I'm glad. I'm definitely happy that you came on here. One of the big uh, things that we always try to do with this podcast, we talk about it all the time. We want to spread positivity. We want, we want to just help our community and. I think this podcast is going to reach people um, that are not even in our community. I think there's people that are listening that are not from Escalero. But, um, you know, I just I hope that anybody listening to this, just like I said, we we do our job and we do what we're trying to do here and and shed a little bit of light where we can. And um, what the job the job that you have going on, man, that's it's it's a big it's a big deal. It's a big deal to me. Um, You've got to be an unsung hero that. Um, we, we don't talk about guys like you. We don't. We always you know, look look at the police officer. You don't thank you for your service, mm-hmm. and the military guy. Thank you for your service, but definitely to you, man. Thank you for your service because yeah. you know you're like you're doing one of the most humble jobs you can ever um, ask anyone to do. You're not you're not in this job wearing a badge. You're not looking sexy wearing a gun. <laughs> you're not getting your food paid for whenever you pull up at McDonald's and the person in front of you pays for your meal. You're not in that spotlight at all. You're right. um, you're kind of like the hero in the shadows. I kind of like to think about it. And you're taking care of our children. You're putting you're in a job that's making a difference, a true difference. And um, you're just you're special. You're a special kind of person. I can't imagine what this um, how this job weighs on you. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you deal with a lot. I'm sure you have your um, little bit of issues that you got to decompress with oh yeah um how do you how do you get rid of some of that pressure from work so uh before i get into that definitely thank you for your i mean for recognizing that um i can i can see where you're coming from and i can i know where a lot of my coworkers 
um, you know, just having discussions with them. Like right now, you know, with this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 going on. Um, and you're still working. You Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You, you see people out here, um, um, you know, thanking law enforcement, thanking uh, medical professionals and stuff like that. And, you know, definitely um, I, I give them credit as well. I mean, because what they're going through right now is a tough process um, as it is for um, the entire world. But they, yeah. they're still right there on the front line. Um, but we're still out there investigating reports as well. Would you say your job's gotten more busy because of all this or less? Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, just because part of me feels like it is more busy, but then that other piece of me feels like it's not too busy. Um, so it just depends. I mean, but it, it depends on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, like so, so today, for example, I mean, I would consider a busy day. Yeah. Um, something, something busier than, um, last week. Uh-huh. on one day so um i mean for the most part too i mean it just it just uh, a lot takes into it a lot a lot goes into it um so definitely um i i give like a like a big shout out to all my other co-workers too i mean because um i mean they they have a lot of decisions to make and they got to make them fast so yeah um, absolutely and if you got another fee. if you got any recommendations for any of your co-workers want to be on this podcast send them this way man um we need to give more people recognition that do what you do Big shout out to all your coworkers and everybody that you work with. Um, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for taking care of our children. And I hope that God repay, repays you and helps you and takes care of you first. With you know, whenever it's and it comes that day, because um, like I said, you know, taking care of our youth is very important to me. Um, it's at the top of my list. So once again, thank you to everybody that you work with and 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 um, all your coworkers, all that. But. Um, so- so going back to the other question, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's what I was going to um, ask about. I was going <laughs> to answer this before I, I lose my train of thought. Um, but I mean, just discussing about, I, I, I was thinking about um, a previous question in our last podcast, how you were saying, um, you know, I believe you're saying, you know, how do you do what you do? How do you, how do you get in that mindset? How do you, how do you do this? Um, and like the way you were describing um, you know, child protective service workers, I kind of, I can see myself relating to it. I mean, being the underdog, being the person that's slept on, being the person, you know, that's going to, you know, other people will be like, oh, you know, they can't do it. They can't get the job done. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I like finding that challenge. I like to be motivated. Um, so I think that's how I carry my, my passion and my enthusiastic into this position. Um, Definitely. I mean, of course, it's working because if, if I've been here for two years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And then a lot of it, too. I mean, yeah, it is a lot of stress, um, a lot of, lot, of, lot of work going on. So right now we're trying to figure out, um, you know, individually how to implement, um, um, you know, taking care of ourselves, um, working on self-care um, mm-hmm. issues, stuff like that. So are all of your coworkers gym rats, too? No, I was going to say each of us are different in their own way. Um, Each of us, like each person is different, but throwing that, throwing different people into a similar job, they they cope with it in different ways. Um, I mean, for example, I mean, I I know people that, um, you know, they deal with stress, you know, knitting, walking, you know, stuff like that. You know, they have their activities and um, everybody has their own stuff like um, they 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 have their stuff that they do know what 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 they like to do how to de-stress. Um, so for me, I mean, I how I de-stress. Um, I uh, normally uh, 
let let go of all that as much as I can at the gym. The the gym is my safe haven. Um, that's where I can kind of just go in. Um, that's where I kind of leave. You know how you know when people say you know leave 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 work at work. Um, mm-hmm. So I I don't leave my work at work. You know I eventually I have I I think of it as taking it with me when I leave work. But I I like to think of it as I I leave it at the gym. Mm. Um, so I I like going there. You know putting on the music, not talking to anybody. Um, you know working out and just decompressing, letting go of everything for that day. Yeah. Um, cause you know, we have to, uh, be there mentally strong. So we gotta, we gotta be there mentally prepared for the next day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, a lot of it goes, a lot of work goes into it. Um, like just said, go, a lot of work goes into self care. Oh yeah. A lot of work goes into our job and then, and then there's a second piece of a lot of work mm-hmm. going into self care. Um, I mean, and then the crazy thing is too is each person is different. So what works for me might not work for one of my other coworkers. You know what I mean? So yeah, everyone's yeah. different. Everybody has their own interests and stuff like that. So going back to our mescalero community, um, I know we're taught on the res to mind our own business a lot, and this and that. And I think the what one of the big debates is should you um, spank your kids or not? How do how do you have to deal with that? So actually, in New Mexico, it's not against the law to spank your kid. Mm-hmm. It becomes a problem when you know there's marks or bruises left. So I see. Yeah. Um, that's something we have to um, you know investigate from time to time as well. So yeah. wow, I didn't. Um, I think one of the big problems is kids don't get spanked. You know, I think some of the kids need it. You know, but yeah, like you said, marks and bruises. Yeah, that's kind of where the line yeah, crosses. I, I can see where you're coming from too. Yeah. You know with today's generation is very different from my generation it's very different yeah. from your guys generation yeah it's very different from someone you know a few generations older than you guys you know mm-hmm. well let, um, let's play let's play devil's advocate um say you you're trying you're talking about like like chris is saying like we're not spanking our kids enough you know right. and you're talking about back in my day and stuff like this and we have um like you said today's generation is kind of it's different they're different yeah, yeah. yes i don't want to be like uh, putting people down it's hard to put one word to it but it's the, each generation is different and the generation we have right now it's they're different yeah we, we definitely uh need to see a little bit of, of correction i think you know there's no fear in in anybody's eyes anymore like when you grow up there's the, that fear isn't there um there's no maybe not fear mixed in with, with like respect too right um there's there's not a lot of respect going around and stuff so I really hope that um, eventually we can see a turn in it and we start teaching more about respect and values and things like that that go into it because I think spanking spanking is fine, like you said, as long as... And that's a pretty... That's what a what pretty, did you mean when you said you played devil's advocate? What were you talking about? Oh, that's what I was going to lean towards is um, not enough spanking or maybe we should incorporate uh-huh. a little bit more spanking and stuff like that um, as opposed to... Because people are so afraid to spank their kids now. Yeah. Because of um, Ish's job here. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to lead into is like, now we can't correct our kids anymore because we're afraid of going to jail. Yeah. So there's that that line that I was trying to um, draw right there and play, you know, a little bit of devil's advocate is um, maybe the parents nowadays are just so afraid of getting reported on for all these little things that, you know, we just not making that correction anymore. Yeah, I, I think it a lot of it goes into it, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard to say. Um, it's even harder to say because, like, I'm not a parent right now, so I really haven't um, faced that 
um, challenge yet. So I, I really don't know how how to how to weigh in on that. But definitely, um, you know, say if I did have a kid right now, I mean, I would try and I would try to um, raise that kid as much as possible in terms of um, some of the values that I grew up on. I mean, I know uh, I'm very grateful coming well being being born and um, coming from the reservation because. I, I didn't notice till leaving the reservation on uh, a lot of values that were taught to us as kids. You know what I mean? Having respect for your elders, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. I mean, you know, having having respect 24-7. Um, yeah. I feel like that's that's one thing us three can talk about growing up on the reservation. But growing moving out, moving out of the reservation, going to college, I think that's where I was able to differentiate, okay, it's different out here. It's, it's it's a different world. I mean, I I like to see the reservation as a world within a world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask a question to both of you guys. Um, were you guys spanked as a kid? And if so, did you think that helped you be respectful in the person you are today? I always reflect on that a lot, and I don't know because. Well, were you spanked as a kid? I was spanked on. Yeah. I was spanked as a kid, but my personality. Uh, I kind of. I've always just hated getting in trouble. Like. Right. Like as I got older, yeah. Um, once I hit like twenty or twenty one, I started to develop like a sense of awareness. Like I didn't want to just do the wrong thing, you know. Yeah. It started to come in a little bit earlier, maybe about seventeen. Uh-huh. I was still young and dumb, doing doing bad things. But I can't say that I can't prove that being spanked mm-hmm. is what gave me that thought process when I hit those ages of awareness. Having that self-awareness and, and um, conducting myself at, like, especially in, in a work environment, or if you don't do the job right, you're going to get fired. Um, what do you want people to think about you as you move through life? Like, all those thought processes came to me um, from the age of, like, um, 20 to 20 to now, you yeah. know? And I'm still I'm still growing on that, but I, I can't prove that being spanked, made me a better person what about you i was gonna say it's kind of hard to answer because it's i i think the person that i am today a lot of factors went went into it many factors you know what i mean but did did you get spanked as a kid yeah i I was spanked um but i wasn't beat oh okay yeah so i think there's that there's that boundary Uh um i mean of course and you know when you're a kid you don't want to get in trouble um so it's it's learning how to how to how to develop that boundary when you're raising a kid. And yeah. I will and I will say this too. Um the person that I looked up to the most and respected the most and wanted to be like more than anything, I always talk about him, you know, my hero, my my father figure, mm-hmm. um Gabe Shendo. He took care of me in a way where he never he never spanked me. And oh, he really? was a scary man. Um you pissed him off and you do not want to be around him for at least a few days cuz you're just afraid to go back, but yeah. Um, that was one thing he always told me when I was growing up. He's, I'll never spank you. I'll never hit you or abuse you or do anything to you. He said, but you will listen to me. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And I listened. And that's the same exact way I raised my son. My son's 11 and I've never, ever once spanked him. Oh. I've never had to because I know how to handle a young male that way. I was raised that way. And He's been good. He's a great kid. It comes a lot about what um, the type of information that you're putting into your kid's head as they grow up. If you can put just the right amount of words in there, I think you can develop a, a great person. Yeah. Um, and you don't need that force to do it. But I'm not 
the best parent. I'm not the per- I'm not the perfect parent because my um, my three year old daughter, man, she is hell on wheels. <laughs> she is she's got a vicious um, personality at times, and she needs to be tamed. And I've spanked her, and I've I've spanked her already. She's three years old. I've never spanked my son. Maybe it's because I don't know how to handle um, a wild uh, little girl like that. But she's got a fighter's personality. She's um, She's got fire in her. That's the best way I can describe her. She's just full of fire, you know. And I've spanked her, not excessively, not. And it's not in a way where I, like, I'm causing a bruise or hitting her too hard. But the idea of the spanking, I think um, when I spank her, it means more than the actual spank. You can't really inflict pain on her. It's all about feelings with her. Um, she can take a lot of pain. She's a little brick, you know. She's more emotional. Yes. So if I just even put my hand on her butt real, like, just tap it and say, no, 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 no. You know, give her that little voice. She'll cry. She'll cry so hard because I hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's not about applying force. It's not about hurting her. It's just about hurting those feelings. And she'll cry and she'll stop and do. She'll listen, you know. So I can't say that not putting your hand on your kid is is the number one way to raise the child. and, And I'm perfect. I just knew how to do it with Logan, but I can't apply that same concept with my daughter Araya. So it's yeah. it's hard. It's it's a weird subject. It's a touchy subject. Now we're starting to peel back those layers. It's kind of um, it's hard to pinpoint like what is the right answer, what isn't. I think if you're a good person, right. if you're just truly a good person, and you're raising your kids and you want the best for them, you'll do what's best for them. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that. Um, you can go wrong if you truly got a good heart, you know, and you're trying if you if you love that kid with every ounce of um you know, every ounce of love that you have to give, I don't think you can go wrong because you will do what's best for your child and you will try to raise a good person also, you know. So like applying um teaching teaching a, a lesson out of anger, I think that's where people go wrong. I think if you're trying to teach your kid and and um, you get out of you lose your temper on them, and I, and I think that's where you'll make a mistake. I think that's where you'll go wrong. That's probably the only the only place I can point a finger to and saying like that's not the right answer. Because as a parent, it's hard. It's hard raising right. children. It's is there. There's a lot of things that people don't teach you, and oh, yeah, you know you're becoming a parent. A lot of learning. That's for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> but I think as long as you're a good person, you got a good heart. Heart, you will um you'll make the right choice. You know, you'll you'll do what feels right, and like for me, I w- I would never ever hurt my 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 baby. You know, my Ray is my baby. Even though I spanked her, um, she's like the only kid I've spanked. You know, but she's my baby, and I love her more than anything in the world. And mm-hmm. I probably favor her at times a little bit too much. I just love her so much, but um, I always just try to just do what's best for her. It's. Like I said, man, it's, it's, it's a touchy subject. It's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I, can, I, I feel bad because I can't really answer it. <laughs> well, I don't feel bad, but I can't really answer it right now. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, for the most part, but I think that's something that, you know, I'll definitely come across once I get to that point, whenever that point is. So, um, I mean, I think I think one thing, you know, just being there for, you know, your kid is a big thing. Yeah. Lot, a lot, a lot, I think you'll be fine, man. Like I said, you got you got a good heart, dude. Look at what you're doing. Oh, Look yeah, who you def- are now. Well, yeah. definitely nervous. I mean, to say the least. I mean, well, who's not nervous? It's good <laughs> to be nervous. It's those that don't care who I think are, draw the red flags. You know, so 
I think you're going to be a great parent. I don't know whenever you decide to have kids. And uh, there's probably some of your family members smiling right now. Probably thinking, Come on, when's that guy going to pop out a baby? You that's, know? Like, that's like the number one question when I get back home. <laughs> that's why I don't like going back home sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Well, I'm sure um, I'm sure your lady's probably thinking about it too. So yeah, let me, I, And I'll give you a little bit of advice. I don't think any time is the right time. You'll never be ready. I was going to say, too, my bad thing is it's all like for me, everything's about timing. So, I mean, when it happens and when it happens, when mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't. So you'll never um, be ready, man. Yeah, you, you'll never be 100 percent ready, no matter how much you prepare or no matter where you're at, no matter where you're living. You're, you'll never be 100 percent ready. So but you got a, you got a good heart. You got a good head on your shoulders. And I think you can be the, you'd be the great person. And just me, just meeting your woman for for um, how long have I known her? Just like a few months now. Right. Damn, she's a nice person. Like she's truly a nice person. She seems like she has a good heart too. Mm-hmm. You guys would be great parents. I don't know if she listens to podcasts, but hey, if you're listening, I think you'd be a great mother. Yeah, <laughs> you guys just you guys seem like you got it put together. You guys seem gentle, respectful, and you guys got all the ingredients that I, I think make good parents. And, and that's what it comes down to. Um, maybe it's not maybe it's not the act of spanking, but may, maybe it's the people behind the spanking. That right. that make that action um, a good one or not? Yep, definitely a lot of a lot of a lot of factors go go into you know how your kids end up when once they're eighteen. I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on you know the values and what you did teach them, what you what you showed them, what you didn't show them. Um, and then the bad thing is, um, the best you can do is you know set them up as perfect as possible, even though ne- no one's ever going to be perfect. So. Setting, setting, setting them up for for the best that you can. I mean, I think that's you know that's all we can do sometimes. So yeah, and that kind of leads me to um, back to that first episode. I was interested in like how you turned out to be who you are, because it's not every day that you you get somebody that comes out of the conditions that we came from. And you, like I said, you knocked out college. You went for right out of high school too. You had your head on your shoulders. You didn't get caught up in that partying life. You finished what you had to do. Then as soon as you graduated college, you came to Las Cruces, you got your job with Child Protective Services, you became a, a, a damn hero for um, all of our, of our children. And then, you know, like you just, you kind of seem to got to put it, and I always wonder like where it came from. Because, you know, as a parent, that's my worst fear that I put in um, all this work into raising my child to become a good person, especially my son. Like I got one son and I'm trying my best to do it right. You know, I'm teaching him everything I know. I'm teaching about values and, and I'm teaching about being honest and respectful and what hard work gets you. And I'm trying to um, just get him to become better than I was when I was growing up. And my biggest fear is that I fail and he doesn't listen to me. And there's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing that I, once he turns 18, there's nothing I can do about the mentality that he has, um, who he becomes. I just hope to God that he takes everything I try to teach him. And he does become better than I was. He does become that person that I want him to be. I don't just want him to be better than who I was at that age, you know. I want him to be an extremely good person, like exceed that level of who I was um, when he turns 18 and he's and he's legally on his own. Um, my biggest fear is that he takes, you know, a different personality and I kind of just... But all I can do is my best. I was going to say, um, I know I'm not a parent right now, but coming from like the background that I came up um just you being there for him you you know having giving your 100% effort he notices that yeah um I mean I I think um you can cut yourself short if you think you're gonna fail him I mean um you know I think I think you'll be there and you'll 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 be there for him every day 
It's just, um, I think it's just fear, you know, because right. when you love somebody so much, like, you just kind of, you start to worry about things like that you never thought you'd ever worry about. Oh, yeah, and you, you worry about the millions of things that could potentially happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I know for me, I mean, um, growing up, I mean, um, I, I had a great support system with my family. Mm-hmm. Grandma, grandpa, mom, uncles, mm-hmm. cousins, um, they... Even though I didn't have everything at all times, um, they were always there for me no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something I can I can definitely say I um, that contributed to the type of person that I am. Um, you know, even even with the piece about like um, like my my dad not being there. You know, kids learn a lot from their dad. The biggest, probably the best thing that happened to me is my dad not being there. Because that's what turned me into who I am today. Right. And so. I almost almost feel the same too. Because when I grew up, my, my dad wasn't around either. And I always I reflect on that. And I always wonder like, well, what if he was around? Like, who would I be? Right. It's, it's the fact that he wasn't around the reason why I became who I am today. Exactly. You know, so it's like you can't really be too mad at the circumstances if you're proud of the person you became. Right. You know. Especially too, I mean, for the most part, um, like... If they're there, if they're not there, I mean, I'm still going to be who I am. Yeah, um, right. So right. I, I can definitely say, I, I, uh, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, my family that was there for me because um, that that helped me out. So I, I can say, you know, um, they're they're always supportive, supportive and they always have been supportive. So mm-hmm. no, more, no matter what I do. So, right. right. I, I think that's one thing I always take away. I mean, um, I mean, because you, you, you always wonder what life would be like if that person that if that person was there you know what i mean yeah um i mean but i mean of course you know you gotta you gotta grow with it you gotta learn with it then you don't really know like that feeling of calling someone dad or dad guess what or dad like you, you don't know that feeling. yeah um i think you know with you being there you know for for your kid i think you know that's that's all you can do nowadays i mean yeah it's a, it's a, being a parent is is a, is a scary thing you know you got a lot of things to worry about and um, you start thinking about all these things that you should be doing, you could be doing and stuff. It's right. hard. But I think the number one thing that you can give to your, your children is just just love, yep. you know, just give them love and, and just love them as, as much as you possibly can. And, and just because it feels like to me, like a lot of the people that um, influenced me in my life, like I felt true love from that person. And I felt like I respected them a lot more because of it. You know, like I always felt like they just want the best for me. They, they just care about me so much. And, and that's those are the people you tend to gravitate towards. Regardless if um, they're living the best life or not, Is I think most children just want to feel loved and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. And my son's 11 years old, and I still give him kisses on the cheek and hold him. And I tell him to sit by me and, and stuff like that. And I, I do. I love that kid so much that... Um, sometimes you just you just start worrying so much about right. all these things that can go wrong and oh, stuff. Yeah, but as long as that as long as that love's there, I think you just you you can't go wrong, you know. Right. But um, I don't know how we tangent we took that tangent so <laughs> so hard. But is is um it's a lot of fun whenever I get to talk about like being a dad. It's a lot of fun whenever I get to talk about like because these are my passions, you know. Mm-hmm. Whenever I get to talk about my passions, that's whenever you can't get me to stop talking. I just overflow with it. And it's always been an issue growing up. And I talk about, like, <laughs> loving to talk. Like, this is my thing. Like, you get me to talk about hunting. You get me to talk about, like, Rochez. You, you get me to talk about um, raising children or my kids. Like, you know, I got, like, these these strong passions about, about things. 
and um, it gets me it gets me filled. It's what it's what gets me up every day and and stuff like that. And I think that's why I'm so uh, interested in, in what you do for a living. You know, working with child protective services and you're taking care of children. And I I get this uh, when I see these stories on TV and I see these children that have been abused in here in New Mexico and it hits, hits close to home. Right. And I'm like. And I, I get a rage, a burning, a burning rage, and I, I wish um, I could do something about it, you know. And like I talked, I, I always bring this up to my wife, um, and she hates it when I talk like this. She, she does not enjoy this conversation, but it's because I get so passionate about the way kids are um, treated. I, I want kids to be taken care of, and I want every kid to feel a home and feel loved and to be fed and not to be to be hurt. But I always tell her, like you know, if if I was ever to become suicidal, I wouldn't be. That wouldn't be suicidal, right. just for the record. But if I was to ever, for some reason, like something broke inside my brain, I wouldn't do it. What I would do is I would just go around looking for people and hurting people that hurt children. You know, like the story on the news, I'd become like a vigilante or something <laughs> like that, because I just feel like like I wish I could do something about this, but I can't. But we come to talking to a guy like you yourself. You are doing something about this. You are that guy working there, and that's why I have a lot of respect for you. Um, I can't imagine that you're making a lot of money. You know, you're not doing this for the money. I can't imagine you're be- you're going to become a-, a millionaire. But it- there has to be some kind of underlying interest in what you're doing. There has to be something that keeps you going and. and- Keeps you to wake up every day, put your feet in the floor, and get to work, and and that's why I appreciate you so much because there's something there that gets you going, gets you to work every day. Um, how do you, how, what is it that drives you to keep doing your job? So I can definitely say there's more than one aspect, but I can also say it depends on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for the most part, I. I like to see it as, I mean, you know, everything's about timing. This is where I'm supposed to be at right now. Um, I don't know um, if you've seen that one movie, but, like, this is my time. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is this is where my path, um, you know, um, landed me. This is where I'm at. This is what movie is it? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember which movie. I'm trying to think about it right now. But this is, this is where I'm supposed to be at right now. Um, like, that's how I like to think of it. Um, you know, if you would ask me, you know, a question in school, oh, where are you going to be at in five years? I wouldn't be able to tell you. I definitely wouldn't be able to tell you that I would be here in this position. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, I like to see it as, I mean, it, it's, it's all about timing and this is, this is my time. This is where I'm supposed to be at. Um, awesome. you know, well, I don't, I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know what, what my process will be. I, I don't know. I, um, so it's definitely I try to take it as a daily basis, but still having you know that overall bigger picture of taking the the right steps forward and moving on to the bigger goal. Yeah, whatever, you, whatever that goal may be is like I I don't know what that goal is right now. So did you say since the last time we talked, you got a promotion? Was that was it? Yeah, no. in the beginning we we're talking about whenever he became um, an investigator, right? So, instead so of a since case the last, worker. you were already an investigator since the last time we talked. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah, just getting my feet wet a little bit. So, learning definitely. Um, this job is a learning basis. So, um, you know, you you learn a lot about the job. You learn about learn a lot of lot learn a lot about other people you come into contact with, and 
you also learn a lot about um, the type of person that you are, mm-hmm. how you take things in, how you express, you know, what you want to express, um, how you communicate with one another, how you work on your people skills, which is one thing that I would I didn't really have. Um, that's one thing I'm trying to work on consistently. Um, you know, coming from a background, people skills is not a not something I would say we we all have. I mean, just because you know we try to keep to ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, like how you said, stay stay out of everyone's business, you know, keep to ourself, um, you know, so there's definitely a lot of traits and characteristics that, um, I try to work on daily. So it just, it's just all, as long as it's moving forward, as long as I'm not staying in the same position, I mean, cause you're either getting better or you're getting worse Yeah, and that could be in anything. It could be in your job, it could be in your role as a parent, it could be your, um, your role as a student, um, your role as an intern. Whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever you're participating in, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Yeah. Um, you're not going to stay in the same position. I like to think about that too. Even when I go to the gym, I mean, uh, I try to, I try to go into that. Even though I'm going, if I'm not a professional gym, you know, um, bodybuilder or anything like that. I like to carry my mindset that I am one because I'm going to get better for these two hours. Mm-hmm. Same thing when I go to work, I'm going to do this case different that I didn't do the first time so you're always rebuilding you're always going back to the drawing board um i mean you know we we're here for a short time so we have to take advantage of each moment that we do have um i mean you can you can everybody can learn everybody can learn um in any aspect and any characteristic that they're in that they're involved in you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. um, like for example i mean um dj a dj at, at, a, at a at a birthday party whatever if they did something that they that they thought could have worked better next time, they could try that out. You know, play with mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, try to find their, try to find their, um, you know, their their way they want to carry it out. I mean, yeah. every, everybody can learn. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a good quality to have. We can't just keep showing up every day just to show up. You know, right? Uh, back to the documentary. To me, when I watched it, it felt like that lady that was working on the case she failed. So I mean, I would I want to ask you like if you were to see like marks on a kid, if you were to see. Uh, what else? What else was going on in that documentary? Because because she kept giving him, she kept giving the the kid back to the parents. What, what what's the what's the line for you to say? Hey, let's get this kid out of here. So that's kind of hard to answer because each state has their own different guidelines, policies, yeah. and stuff like that that they have to follow. So the bad thing is our process is not the same as other states. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, but of course, we do, we do have a lot of tools that we that we do use to make decisions. Yeah, um, a lot of the, a lot of the times too, we don't make decisions on our own. So also, you, there's more people involved. Yeah, I would say working in opposition, there's a like there's there's so many. How would I say this? There's so many areas in our job. There's so many factors. Um, I mean, there's so many steps. Each step has multiple people working on that specific step. You go to the mm-hmm. next step. You have a no whole another support system from the department helping out with that step. Yeah, I mean a lot goes into it. I mean it's it's not your simple, um, you know, taking custody of a kid or you're not taking custody of a kid. A lot of goes into it. Yeah, um, I mean it it it's it's crazy because um, I like I like to tell people it's a step by step basis. Mm. Um, I mean you know going out on, onto an investigation. Your first time, you know, they're going to have questions that you can only answer a few steps down the road. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's a step-by-step basis for sure. Yeah. I <clears throat> and, uh, that, 
what we're, what we're talking about, like all the all this stuff like that you have to do with work and stuff and breaking everything down and stuff. Um, there's probably a lot of information that we can't really talk about too. So um, I think my biggest issue is right now is, is trying to not ask the wrong questions that's going to get you in trouble. Right. And I, I don't want to mess up anything that you got going at work. So if we um, if we kind of venture into like some of the questions that we shouldn't be, you know, we'll definitely apologize and stuff and don't, don't want to jeopardize your job or anything like that. Right. So And I'm sure you got like, Maybe your, um, maybe some of your bosses or something listening. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to we'll try to be careful as best we can. And, but uh, definitely wanted to get you on the show and just and get you to talk about that number, that pound safe. Right. Um, like you know, just talk about a little bit of the things that we discussed already. I wanted to highlight um, what what we would what are some of the lines that we need to look for. I mean, not lines, but signs that we need to look for. What qualifies for a report? You know, like how how do you feel? Like maybe just if you're unsure about it, make the report. A lot of the stuff that you put out is is really good stuff, and um, I'm glad that you were on here and you're getting that message across and stuff right. like that. Is is there anything that um, you would like to cover? Is there anything that we missed? Some type of piece of information, or do, or do you think we hit it all? So definitely, I mean, there's tons of information out there that we that we try to tell people. Um, you know, just the general public. Um, I mean, one one thing for sure is we we do need a lot more foster parents. I mean, we we have a great number of foster parents here in uh, Las Cruces, um, but throughout the state, we need foster parents. Um, <laughs> you know, especially smaller counties, smaller towns, they have less foster parents than us. What does somebody got to do to become a foster parent? So it's um, it's kind of very simple. I mean, what you can do is you can reach out to. Um, one of our uh, one of our persons, I I, I feel bad because I don't really know the name um, like of her position because I I know there's there's more than one person that you can reach out to, but it's very simple. I mean, if if our office was open right now, say for example, um, just because you know COVID, say if our office was open, um, and you know you could go into the front office, tell them you want to be tell the front desk people that you want to be a foster parent. Um, then the process is they give you an application, you just fill out that application. Um, and then, you know, that's given to um, the right person, and then that person will carry out that process from there. Um, so, like like I said, we, we need foster parents in Las Cruces, Albuquerque, every every little town in New Mexico, um, Ridoso, Mescalero. Um, one, one issue, too, is um, we have the first side of taking custody of children, right? We have yeah. the next amount of number of children in New Mexico to FD custody. Then there's that second piece of okay, how many foster parents do we have? Oh, so, okay. So, so we face barriers when we, after a kid is in custody, we face barriers of placing this kid with the foster parent. Um, sometimes, um, you know, a kid has to go to this foster parent. Just for example, um, that's the only one, uh, you know, um, best fit right there. Um, there's a lot of barriers sometimes when, um, I mean, if if you um, put yourself in the kid's shoes. Say if you have a brother, and say if you and your brother are going into custody. You one barrier to... is we we face is keeping those two together, keep, keeping sibling groups together. It's a scary thing for anyone to have to go through foster foster care because right. you see a lot of stuff on TV. Like all Hollywood is about is like showing like the the bad foster kid who abused um, the the kids in some way. Right, and, and especially too if if I know for me. If I had, a, if you know, if I went into custody with my brother, you you would want to do everything that you can to stay with your brother because that's the only person you know. 
because um, if you put your, your yourself in the kids' shoes, I mean, you're going into a stranger's home that you don't even know. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, you're going to want to remain with your your siblings as much as possible. Um, one more one more um, thing that we face as well is um, um, when we take uh, well, not we, but when when children are taken into custody who are um, Native American Indian children. Yeah. Um, there is this act. It's called the it's called um, the Indian Child Welfare Act. It stands for ICWA, I-C-W-A. Uh-huh. Um, so that's actually um, a federal law. And what that does is um, it, it pretty much states um, it, it governs jurisdiction over the removal of Native American children from their families in custody, um, okay. foster care, or adoption cases. So say... Trying, trying to tie it, I mean, for our, for our people listening back home, say if someone's from Escalero and they're taken into custody down here in Las Cruces, mm-hmm. they're going to do their best. Um, they have to do their best in placing that kid back in that kid's tribe. So it has to be a tribal member that, that so, adopts so, them or takes custody of them? Or so, what's the difference? E- either one. Yeah. Either one. Um, for the most part, too, is... Um, what what we uh, what what the law defines as an Indian child is someone that's unmarried, someone that's under eighteen, and someone who is a tribal member or eligible for membership. Mm-hmm. So, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, of course, different tribes. There's different tribes throughout the United States. People move different states. So, say if there's somebody from the Sioux tribe living down here in Las Cruces, and those kids are taken into custody, that department is going to do their best to send those kids back to their home um, home tribe. And what if they can't find a tribe? Can can somebody else adopt them or take custody over them? Yeah, I mean, a lot goes into it for sure. But, yeah. um, I mean, a lot of tribes, they have their own social service workers. Yeah. So that worker um, will be working one-on-one with, with that caseworker. I see. I kind of want to talk a little bit about what I, was, what I was trying to mention earlier. Is, like, everything that you see in Hollywood is just nothing... It's, it's nothing good about foster care. Um, you you see um, stories about people getting placed into foster care and they're being mistreated the whole time. They're being abused the whole time and stuff like that. Is there is is that is it like a common thing? Is it is it common for foster parents to just be like you know abusive people and and stuff like what we're seeing on TV? Or is Hollywood painting uh, a negative a, per- a negative perception that isn't true? So it's kind of hard to say. I mean, just because um, I mean, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything in um, Hollywood movies are always true, um, but it's it's kind of. But you get you get what I'm saying, right? Like right. It that's just, all you see. It just seems like there's a, there's a negative perception on foster care. Yeah, it's kind of like I mean, what's what's today? What's the U.S. USS? Um, what's their perception of um, police officers today? It's all bad. Yeah. But I mean, you gotta ask yourself: Are all law enforcement, are all police officers bad? And uh, you know, that's all. Obviously, it's not. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 I I guess I'm just looking for like some, um, some words of comfort here that you know, like maybe we we, maybe it's not true. Maybe New Mexico has some kind of hiring process for foster foster parents. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe there's some kind of like like vetting system to, to prevent this and stuff because, um, that that discussion that I'm bringing up doesn't really sit well with me. And I am nervous about like children that are going through foster care right. and being abused, and you like even see it like on a lot of these because I watch a lot of um, serial killer documentaries, right. and a lot of them 
a big percentage of them go through foster care where they were abused or sexually abused and and it's um it's kind of scary man you don't you don't want to think about it but it's 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 a subject so i can definitely say too i mean everybody's experience um through foster care is going to be different right um everybody's going to have um say if someone goes through foster care i mean their their perspective on that's going to be different than somebody else who went through that um i mean so of course i can see how that negative connotation is there yeah um, especially i mean kind of relating it back to law enforcement i mean you know with everything going on in today's world um everybody's perception of or everybody's experience of being involved with law enforcement is going to be different you know what i mean you're gonna have those people are there had this bad interaction with this officer he did this to me he did that to me and then you have this other person all uh, law enforcement is the best. This guy came out of nowhere, saved me, saved, fixed my flat tire. Everybody's going to have their different perception about that. Are there, like, therapists and stuff that work with you in your department that maybe, um, like, go to the houses of foster care uh, or foster children? And maybe they have, like, private conversations with the foster children and, and they're like, hey, you can tell me anything. Um, are you being mistreated? How do you feel here? Do they have private conversations with the children just to check on them? So we don't have, like, our own specific CYFD therapists. Um, mm-hmm. However, when when kids are taken into custody, um, you know we we do our best to um, you know get those kids enrolled in the services that they that they do need. Mm-hmm. These services could be um, education services, um, therapy services, um, med management services. You know because um, you know there's kids out there who are who are diagnosed with you know. Um, diagnosis from from their medical doctor and everything like that so all, all that is taken into effect so um i would say um one, one thing um that that we do strive to do is um you know try to see how we can help out those kids as much as possible so mm-hmm. it's not like where a kid is taken into custody and put into the home and that's it yeah they're, yeah the the department is doing their best that they can to assist that kid okay they're like they're following up they're checking on the kid and, oh, yeah, and doing visits yeah, and all this stuff there's requirements on all mm-hmm. that stuff um federal requirements as well is it constantly changing is it improving is it like i'm sure there is i'm so sure definitely always changing mm-hmm. you know there's there's new policies new stuff comes out um but it's changing to make the make it better right they're 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 making they're changing ways so um you know not not it not not uh not anyone is left behind and make sure we're, we're doing our best to take care of this kid so a lot of a lot of work goes into um i mean kids who are in foster care you know what I mean? yeah i'm and i'm sure it's different than when it was 20 years ago 10 years ago even five years ago so right. um i'm sure there's been there's been a lot of improvements made and i'm, I'm sure they're for the for the better I kind of just wanted to get like a little bit of peace of mind on on that topic, you know, that you guys are following up with those kids, you guys are checking on the kids, and right. um, there's just just protective measures to be be taken and stuff like that because it is scary. It is scary to think right. about children that are being taken away from their homes. They've they've already been abused there, and they're getting placed into um, a house of a stranger, right. and they've they've got to deal with that now. That next transition, and then God forbid that their new foster care family is abusive as well and maybe just i don't know doing it for the wrong reasons or something like that you know so uh, i kind of just wanted to hear a little bit of what you had to say about that and what what the programs are and the measures are and and stuff because it's uh, it's kind of kind of scary i just try to put myself in that in those shoes 
yeah but um so moving moving on from from that um is there another is there any more information that we need to hit is there any more things that we need to cover before so i i think that's the basics that I, that's that's the most that i have um that i wanted to share today i had a question what is the, is there a difference between like a foster parent and then actually adopting a kid oh yeah so what's sure. what's the difference so uh let's take let's take blue for example um Blue. Nobody's want to adopt me. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're too old to be adopted. <laughs> um, but for the most part, how Blue is saying how he he always wants to help kids. Yeah. Um. Say if he wants to help a kid, he say he wants to become a foster parent. He he becomes. He submits. He he submits an application tomorrow. Uh-huh. So I'll do it right um, now, and then my and wife would be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Making these decisions without me." And next week, um, you know, Blue goes through the process of. You know, there's there's certain cr- criteria and requirements that are needed for a person to become a foster parent, um, and also, um, you know, there there are other requirements if somebody wants to adopt a kid. So, so do they got to be a foster parent before they actually adopt them, or how does that work? So, foster parent is pretty much it's similar to an adoptive parent because uh-huh. I mean, it, it's you can't you can't have an adoptive parent. Um, if you don't have a foster parent, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Um, so d- say say for example, Blue becomes a foster parent. Yeah. Um, he wants to only foster kids. Mm-hmm. So um, you know he'll he'll take kids in into his home. There's that process, entire process of checking out the home, checking every everything. You know, there's that requirement, that list, that uh, that the specific worker has to go through. Yeah. Um, and say say Blue is a foster parent for I don't know three years. Um, you know, just having, you know, people, uh, or not people, but kids, you know, coming in and out. Um, and then say he reaches that point where he's like, okay, I, I, I want to adopt this kid. Um, say he gets a kid and he, he falls in love with this kid. Um, and then, you know, he's, this kid has been in his home for X amount of time. Um, and, um, at that point, I mean, um, you know, say blue wants to adopt the kid then there's another process to go through as well. But uh, that's something we they all assist you with. So I see. Um, it's kind of funny that you bring that up. Uh, it was about two years ago, three years ago, before we had um, three kids. I always told uh, my wife that I wanted to adopt a kid just to maybe um, save a life or change a life, right. you know. And um, she was she was at first, she was like, no, we're, we're capable of having right. our own. You know, why don't we just have our own kids? And it was a it was a hot topic for us, and we'd always go back and forth on it. But I've always wanted to pull a kid out of a bad situation and, and just save someone. But you know, she said, "Well, I'll make a deal with you. Let's wait until we graduate college and we get a job and stuff." So you never know. Um, I w- I wasn't expecting to have three kids by now, but uh, maybe in the future, uh, play play my part. I've always wanted to do it. And I was going to yeah. say, too, it's crazy because it's like you you have a kid move into your home um, for for that moment, that kid, you're, you're that kid's parents. You got to teach that kid. You give that kid rules. Um, and, I mean, next thing you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, say 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 you you fall in love with that kid, you know what I mean? And you want to you want to adopt that kid and move forward on it. So um, I can definitely say um, a, a lot of foster parents who have adopted kids yeah a lot of them have only started out as primarily foster parents 
I mean, you know what I mean? And you said that they're needing more of that nowadays. Um, yeah, just, just you know, in terms of in terms of numbers, I mean, because we have... Where would somebody call or where would they go to get in contact so, if they wanted to do that? So they can go, um, they can go online and they can go to uh, the CYFD website, um, you know, just to get more information. Um, specific, uh, it, it just depends on which county they're, mm-hmm. they're in, so... Yeah. For example, I mean, if it was our county, um, you can, you know, you can just go to the office or say, say yeah. Blue wanted to, wanted an application. I could give them a hard copy application. Um, and then we have, you know, a specific department that helps, um, you know, go, helps Blue go through that process. So awesome. Cool. Well, this has been a pretty powerful episode yeah. and I'm very, very glad that we got to cover this topic and talk about, you know, your job and right. the resources out there. And yeah. just thank you for coming on. There's is there anything else that you want to cover? I think we talked about earlier. Um, you brought up info meetings. I did have one thing come to mind um, when you, when you were asking Chris, um, you know, if someone's having or if they uh, if they don't know how to start the process on how to become a foster parent. Um, right now, the, the, there are info meetings that are going on. Is what we call it. Yeah. Um, and an info meeting is pretty much a meeting that is set up where people who have no idea about foster parent becoming foster parents um, you know they can go to this meeting get more information on how the process is how long it takes what they need um what what the what the standard of of their home needs to be and stuff mm-hmm. like that so um i was telling blue it's kind of difficult right now because i don't know when the uh, the next info meeting is only because um of covid 19 going on yeah um before covid 19 um our our county office was doing a really good job of having an info meeting on this date and they would have another info meeting, you know, down the road, maybe in the next month. Yeah. And that would, that would be on a, a recurring basis. Um, so it definitely too. I mean, they, I know they've, I've heard, um, some of our workers be on the radio, just letting people know about, um, that when the next info meeting is and stuff like that. So I know I've heard that a few times on, on, on certain radio stations down here in Las Cruces. So, But is there a website they can check out to, to see that? Yeah, they can actually just go to, um, I believe it's uh, cofd.org. Okay. Um, let me go ahead and double check that real quick. I really don't go too much on the on the website. Well, um, <clears throat> while you're looking that up too, just so if there's any of your coworkers that are listening to this podcast, if they have, um, if they want to mention when the next info meeting is, they can definitely... Uh, message us to uh, the Writing on the Wall podcast for um, our Facebook page and just send us a message, you know, say, hey, you know, hey, guys, just want to let you all know our next info meeting is going to be here and we can help facilitate Definitely. that message um, across. So like I said, any any of your coworkers want to put that message up, hit us up, Writing on the Wall podcast uh, Facebook page, and we will display your message and try to get the word out about the info meeting. Yeah, so they can actually go to um, tyfd.org, mm-hmm. um, and they can go to they can click the first link or the first tab that says protective services. Yeah, um, and then from there you can click the foster care tab. Okay. Um, so it has the you know some information on how to become a foster parent, uh, brief information of the types of foster cares that we do have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also give a um, a uh, direction in, in which way to start. So they can call. Toll free one eight hundred four three two two zero seven five, or they can they can click the link on here where it says you can fill out um, the online inquiry. You uh-huh. know, so you fill that out, and then someone from the department will be reaching out to them 
um, cool. starting in that process for them. Um, and there's there's tons of links down here, you know, just providing support for a lot of our foster parents. Um, and, you know, that 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 piece right there, I mean, it's uh, I know it's difficult sometimes because, you know, not too many people know where to start. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. While you're at it, can you give that other number again? Uh, or people can call it their suspect or see any type of abuse? Oh, yeah. So they can definitely um, they can dial a pound safe okay. um, from any. Um, any cell phone or um, any um, you know any any phone phone any, call uh, telephone landline line. landline sorry I was trying to think about it payphone payphone <laughs> and whitetail <laughs> meet your quarters and dial pound safe yeah uh, but no yeah that's cool. pretty much it um, that powerful stuff uh, a lot of the information that you put out and a lot of questions that I hit you with you were not prepared at all for some of the stuff that I came came across with and. Uh, I apologize if I caught you off guard, but I feel like you did a very excellent job in uh, answering. I saw you answering uh, with your your phone, looking at the website too. So a lot of the information that um, Ish has provided is is on the is on the website. What website were you were you looking at for the most part? Uh, cyfd.org. Okay, cyfd.org. Um, so if you have any questions that we didn't hit, maybe um, that website can help you. And uh, like I said, thank you. Uh, I, I, I feel like you're just an amazing person for doing what you're doing. And all the people that you work with are amazing people as well. And shout out to your coworkers and everybody. And I just hope that um, God just blesses you all and, and continues to give you all the strength to, to continue your job and uh, continue to save, save our children, you know. Yep. Uh, but uh, let's take, a, let's take a, a turn here because I feel like this conversation was a little heavy. You know, yeah, I feel yeah. like it was a heavy conversation. So, yep. Ish, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you some different questions um, that kind of lighten up this podcast a little right, bit. All right. You. Okay. <laughs> so, um, where's your favorite place to eat here in Las Cruces? Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, because <laughs> there's so much good food down here. I mean, something we're not used to. Okay. Home. Top two. Uh, let's see. Let, let me just name all of them. It's not that much. Uh, let's <laughs> see. I can, I can eat out at Panda. I like Panda Express. Um, I definitely, you know, I'm your basic... New Mexican, I like I like Hispanic Mexican food. Um, you know, there's tons of great restaurants out here. Where's your go-to? Uh, like, if you had to go right now, where would you go right now? Mexican restaurant. So it it depends. It depends. I'm very I'm very I'm very picky. Um, Today on what you're feeling. If I'm if I'm in a quick mode, if I'm a, in a quick rush, um, I want you know I want a burrito, I want uh, I want some caldo, I want some um, pozole, I want a breakfast burrito, whatever. Um, and if I'm in a rush and I gotta be somewhere, which is most of the time, besides the weekends, um, I like to go to Si Senor. Okay. Si Senor Express. I like They're that very place. quick. It's a good place. They're very quick, too. Um, They're quick. Drive through. I like Call the waitresses. Drive through. <laughs> <laughs> Any waitresses that's listening, the hit up my, hit up my friend, <laughs> our good friend Chris. And then there's a lot of taco trucks, too, around here, man, that are really good. There's a lot of hole-in-the-wall restaurants. Um, that, I mean, they look like a beat-down restaurant. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Best tacos ever, man. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of good food out here. Um, where is your favorite place to eat in Mescalero? That's all the restaurants. Staying from the inn to Old Road, so ELA. I don't know about a restaurant, but my favorite place to eat at in Mescalero is back home. Because I mean, every time I go back home, oh your house, oh your house, house. yeah, back in my house, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, of course, we'll we'll eat out every now and then at the who inn, cooks in your house at the east. Um, it just depends. I mean, everybody cooks. My my uncle, my grandma, my mom. I know uh, Christy be grilling a lot. Huh? Yeah, he grills, yeah, he grills some good food. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, like when I go back, you know, we, we'll eat out every now and then. 
Um, but I, I always take advantage of eating at the house because I mean, it's, that's some, it's some res food you can't get out here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's not like where I can make fried bread. (laughs) Um, I asked this question last time, um, to Shane and I'll ask it to you. If there's one thing that you could change about the res, considering, you know, you grew up there, you know, the reservation pretty well. If the, if you had the magic snap and you could snap your fingers and change one thing, what would it be? Ah, that's tough. One thing. Yep, you just snap your fingers and, and it was just done. That's tough because, I mean, I, I always think about tons of things, like how, like what I would do um, if I was in that position to change our reservation. Um, like, I always think about that with, if I was a tribal council member, if I was, a, if, you know, if I was a part of that, if I was someone, you know, working on the grants and stuff, like there's a lot of information on, on that piece that I have no clue about, that I'm always curious about. Um I mean, it's tough because there's a lot so much going on in the reservation too. That are, so the main one, good. one thing I was, I would probably say, I mean, maybe something, maybe something related to you know maybe crimes or maybe maybe drugs that are out there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I always think like if I could change back home, if I could change the reservation. Um, from where I'm at right now, I would, I mean, but I can't be in two places at once. Um, I always play like different, um, you know, images in my head of how, you know, specific, um, you know, what ifs, what if moments. And I always think about too, is like, man, if I ever like went to like, I don't know, became a millionaire. However, um, I mean, like if it was through music or sports or whatever, I mean, I would try to do this. Like there would be a new basketball complex there'd be new new um new um exercise facility new all kinds of stuff just so we can get our kids involved you know what i mean i was gonna say it can be something like 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 a gentle idea it doesn't have to be like uh i don't mean to make it come off like you're running for miss miss uh, miss america or miss mescalero (laughs) you know like and you're just like trying to get (laughs) that crown Something simple. You would put a restaurant up. You so, would um, put your exercise facility up. You I, would I, like I always get mad um, because like um, you you see people you know athletes, um, music professionals and stuff like that donating, giving back to their community and stuff. But you don't see that many that many people doing that to reservations because there's not many people at that level from a reservation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, like, how, how I see people donating, and it's like, why, why can't someone do that to us? Dude, I would put yeah. a Walmart on the res, man. I would. I, uh, that I, way, when the next pandemic comes out, we don't have to go to Redoso or Alamogordo. We just stay right there. I would do tons of things. <laughs> I can't. That's the podcast. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't put a, a put a, probably wouldn't do a Walmart. But, um, yeah, there's. I just get curious about, like, what people's perceptions are and things that they could change and and things like that and the way you've broken it down it sounds like you just don't got narrowed down one thing there's definitely a lot um you know for people like us like i'm, I'm very happy about where i came from right. uh, i don't feel like there's just this one thing that would um make the reservation a good place because i feel like it is a good place right. you know but there are things that i would add like you're saying like it would be nice to have like a big big old exercise facility and or maybe um, a, bas- a nice 24-hour basketball court Something. somewhere where we can get away and stuff like that. But I like that you're being very I'm picky about what you're saying. You're being very careful. And I think that's um, that's a good quality to have is to be um, deliberate about what you, what you want to say and what you want to do and the ideas that are flowing out of your mouth. 
um, very, very good trait, you know, and, and being careful is not a bad thing. Um, you know, w- when I gave you that magic snap, you're hesitant to use it. And I think that's probably, probably a good thing. It's hard to say because I mean, for me, I know a lot of things come to my mind at once. And I know in the past, um, I, I would like get tongue tied and stuff like that just because my mind is going uh, a thousand miles per hour. But my, oh, dude, my talking, I, my talking only, only goes one word per for a second, you know what I mean? If that's even a thing, I'm the worst at that. Yeah. That's why I try to I try to slow it down a little bit because my mind will just be going with ideas and stuff like that. So oh, it sucks. It's embarrassing whenever it's I'm getting stuff. excited. I just start stuttering and I just can't get my words right. out. Right, it makes you look it makes you look uh, looks dumb on the, on your end. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you, you don't know what you're talking about, but your mind is really full of ideas. Oh man, yeah, you're right. I need to start watching watching that myself. But hey, you know what? Uh, thank you for coming on to this podcast and. Um, thank you to all the people that influenced you to become who you are and, and things that you're doing a great job. I said it on the last time that we had you on, um, you're doing a great job with yourself and with your life. I know you're saying you're taking it a day at a time and and you're kind of just following whatever path is, is, is laid in front of you and you're, you're trying to do the best job where you are. But, um, like I, I do feel like you're meant to be where you are. Um, you've, you've got the head for it you're making a difference and and i just really appreciate the type of person that you've become and what you're doing for our community even if it's here in las cruces maybe someday you'll be able to transition that over to the reservation and give back there and and stuff i'd like to see that and stuff but um you know i think where you're at right now is great it's perfect for you you're learning you're growing as a person and um that's just awesome to see it's awesome to see from this end that our own Mescalero Apache people that we're doing things that matter like this, you know, where you're an important person and definitely important person in my eyes. Um, so thank you again. I just wish we could do something that puts you up there on that pedestal with police officers and military and, and firefighters and stuff. Cause you guys are doing, doing a great thing for our community. And we, um, I definitely appreciate that. So, um, Chris, sure. uh, anything that you want to hit real quick before we do your 10 questions? Uh, just same thing. I want to lab- elaborate more on what you said. Just thank you to what, for the job that you do, you know, and um, especially people like in your position that they don't get credit enough. And I think this is the platform where we want to give you credit and say thank you again for, sure. for doing this, what you do. Thanks. We, we all appreciate it. Time yeah. for 10 questions. Yeah, 10 questions of, of the Riz. 10 fun questions of the Riz. Oh, man. We're wrapping did it you up. Hear, did you hear this on any other ones? I have. This is where you're not going to... Yeah, don't It's think, not his strong answer. suit. He has to think. So. Don't even just... Just you're, boom, you're, whatever you're comes. Gonna, you're, you're not going to offend nobody. Just Let's attack get, his weakness. You're going to get a paragraph each question. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that, might be, that might be cool, too. All right. Let's get started. 10 fun questions of the Riz. Um, first questions. Just whatever comes to your mind first. And the last questions are going to be filling the blank. So let's get started. First stop, East L.A. or Old Road? Ah, East L.A. Windows or Broken Arrow? Broken Arrow. Hunting or fishing? Hunting. Tribal store or Casino Apache Travel Center store? Tribal store. Club 49 or Actual Feast 49? Ah, probably Actual Feast. Actual, all right. Stuffed fry bread or fry bread with a bowl of chili? Oh, stuffed fry bread, no doubt. Stuffed fry bread with uh, some dry meat. Try to meet. Nice. My favorite thing about Mescalero is people. People. I am most thankful for my family. All right. Favorite holiday? Definitely Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. All right. I am Ishmael Lapaz, and I love family, 
people, basketball, oh. uh, the reservation, awesome. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's 10 fun questions of the res. Give it up one more time for Ishmael LaPaz. Thank you, Ishmael, for being on the show again. Yes, thank you. And thank you to all the listeners out there for listening to Riding on the Wall podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Mescalero. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. Give a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard and, if anything, inspire our community.